Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Professor, a crowdfunded, crowd-supported feature where we answer your questions on economics, political philosophy, the Constitution, popular culture, all those things that matter to us in our common life as citizens. And our question today comes from Steve, who asks, why are the federal liberals not being held to account and for that matter, the federal Tories, for not invoking the notwithstanding clause instead of paying a huge sum to Omar Khadr to settle a lawsuit about his detention at Guantanamo Bay. And in answering that question, I don't want to talk about Omar Khadr, about the specifics of his case, about what kind of person he is or was, or what he did or didn't do. Not because they're not important questions, but because Steve's question raises an important constitutional point. So I want to focus on that. First of all, the notwithstanding clause is a peculiar provision of our Charter of Rights that allows governments to override fundamental but not secondary protections. It covers core things like freedom of speech and security of the person, clauses 2 through 7 of the, the Charter of Rights, but it doesn't cover things like you know, multiculturalism or language rights. You wonder, what did the people who made the 82 Constitution think really mattered? That too is an important question, but again it's one for another day. If you're interested in what I think about this, I mean if you're really interested, you can watch my documentary True, Strong and Free. You can find it free on YouTube. If you really like it, send a donation. Everything I do depends on your backing. For now, the point is that the notwithstanding clause can be invoked with respect to Section 7 of the Charter, which guarantees us security of the person. And Omar Khadr's lawsuit did allege that his security of the person, his Section 7 rights, were violated by the conduct of the Canadian government. And that interpretation was upheld by the Supreme Court. Again, whether it should have been or not, it was. So this is the framework within which, at least potentially, the notwithstanding clause could have been invoked. But there is a critical constitutional problem here. Well, there's one formal one and one moral one. And the formal problem is this. What was done to Omar Khadr was not done under the authority of some piece of legislation, which the court then found had violated Cotter's Section 7 rights. And what the notwithstanding clause allows governments to do if the courts strike down a piece of legislation as in violation of the Charter is to reenact that legislation and say that it will operate notwithstanding what the Charter says. And that, I think, would not cover conduct that had been carried out under the authorization of a law which did not contain the notwithstanding clause. But, and here's the big technical problem, the impugned conduct in the case of Omar Khadr wasn't something that was authorized by a statute. It was what agents of the executive branch did in the course of their duties that failed to uphold due process, according to the courts. Again, I'm not quibbling with the court here. I'm saying that's what the court ruled, that it was not a piece of legislation, but the behavior of members of the Canadian executive branch in the discharge of their duties that did not meet constitutional standards. So the only way that you could have a law that used the notwithstanding clause to get you around that would be to say something to the effect that 
if we think someone is a real dirtbag, we can do anything we like to them. And I don't think anybody, no matter what they think of Omar Khadr, would feel that Canadian law ought to contain any such provision. There is a maxim in Canadian law, by the way, this goes far into uh, the roots of our constitutional order, that the Crown can do no wrong. And if you come from a country where a government is really all-powerful, I mean, we complain about the Canadian government, not without cause, but there's a real difference between Canada and Syria or Zimbabwe or Iran. And if you come from some country where citizens' rights have never been respected, and you hear the Crown can do no wrong, what you think is, oh, that means that agents of the state can just do anything and not be held to account in court. Actually, in this country, it means the opposite. It means that the monarch, who is the font of all law and justice here, formally speaking, thus the head of the executive branch, who now in practice is the prime minister, but anybody in a position of authority in this country cannot give an illegal order, which means if they do tell you to do something illegal, that order has no force of law. And that means that if you carry it out, you are fully responsible for what you did. And if you refuse to carry it out, you can't be punished because the order, in a sense, never happened. It is null and void by virtue of being illegal. So under this principle, nobody in the executive branch can order a subordinate to do something that violates fundamental freedoms. And nobody who obeys such an order can plead, I was just following orders in court. So that means you simply cannot, in carrying out your duties as a member of the executive branch, ignore people's fundamental rights. And you can't invoke Section 7 to excuse a breach of duty in the performance of your obligations as a policeman, as a prosecutor, as anybody in the executive branch here. And I don't think we want a law that says, never mind all that stuff, when we hate somebody enough, we ought to be able to violate their rights. Now, I said I wasn't going to talk about the specifics of the Carter case, and I'm not. I'm only going to say this. If somebody really does bad things, we ought to be able to prosecute them, punish them, deal with their case effectively without violating fundamental constitutional rights. So you can't invoke the notwithstanding clause in the case of Omar Carter, in part because the court didn't strike down a piece of legislation that could then be reenacted using the notwithstanding clause. It declared that the behavior of members of the executive branch had failed to protect his fundamental rights. And I don't think we would want a system in which we invoke the notwithstanding clause. I believe that the whole point of self-government and liberty under law is that the government can't take away your rights even if it finds it convenient to do so. Again, I refer you to my True, Strong and Free documentary for a lot more on that point, as much as you can stand and possibly more. But the short answer is no, the federal liberals couldn't invoke the notwithstanding clause, and whatever you might think about the rest of the case, that in itself is a good thing. As I said at the beginning, Ask the Professor is crowd-driven. We rely on your questions, so if you have a question you'd like to see addressed across the broad range of public affairs, the URL down there tells you how to send in your question. And thank you for watching.